Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. God is so faithful. God is so faithful. And during the worship, what was coming to my mind is, you know how you have those moments when the graduates' faces were going over, going on the screen, and I thought, it was all worth it. <laughs> it was all worth it. There are a lot of times we put in a lot of energy and time, and um, we struggle sometimes. We move through things, but there are moments coming. If you haven't experienced one of those yet, I want to encourage you to hold on a little while longer because there's a moment where you're going to say, it was all worth it. It was all worth it. It was all worth it because God is faithful, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He doesn't let his promises go and just fall to the ground. He answers them. He resolves them. And he puts people in our path who will help us move along that way. So God bless you graduates. I'm so grateful to be up here to be able to share this morning and a little again overcome because what I remember is that the last time I was here was five years ago when I finished. <laughs> and there's been a whole full circle <laughs> since that time, but I have seen God. I thought at that point I had seen God answer the many prayers that I asked. But this year, new things happened. I had been at Penn, as you know, for a long time, ABD, all but dissertation for many years. And when I finished in 2017, I just felt, like, well, God, thank you that this is just, you know, this is done. I just want to move beyond this. And what I said last time I want to say again is that God's purpose stands. He continues to fulfill the purpose that he had. And those dreams that I had 15 years ago, things that I thought, this is why I'm at Penn, are happening now. And so I thank God for that. I thank God for his faithfulness. I thank God for his continued faithfulness and his continued love for us. Today, I want to share actually about one of the same people that I shared about last time, who's Daniel. I know I've talked a lot about Daniel because there's so much richness in that life and in that book and so much to share as we think about graduating and moving on. And thank you, Dr. Brenda, for sharing about purpose because that's so much a part of what I want to share about today. I'm going to read from the scriptures for a, a little bit today from the book of Daniel. So I ask that you just come along with me, read the scripture with me. I'll say this one short thing before I jump in. There's power in God's word. And I know we say that, but I realize that sometimes we don't realize how much power is just in the word of God. And if I could beg you, as those who are graduating, even all of us, if there's one thing that you can commit to, commit to taking some time to let God's word get in your heart. Read it to him, pray it to him, but take some time. I was listening to a message by Dr. Ireland, who's in New Jersey, and he was talking about our day having 24 hours and reminded me, he said, you know, there are 96 little 15-minute segments in your day. If you don't have a prayer life, if you didn't have an opportunity where you're getting close to God, start with one of them. Start with one. There's 96 opportunities every day to take 15 minutes to let God's word start to saturate your heart. It will change you. It will change you. There are things that I have struggled with. There was a, a period where I really was struggling with being kind to a particular person. I felt like, God, I know I need to love this person a certain way. I was having a really hard time doing it. And I was trying with all the effort. You know, God helped me do it. I was praying. I was telling myself the things I should do. I found one of those devotionals, an old one, like a, it's like apples of gold. It's one of those old women's devotionals. And the first chapter was on kindness. 
It gave you scriptures to read. It had you write the scriptures out. So not just reading them, but not just, you know, we copy and paste a lot. I got a lot of copy and paste today. (laughs) But writing those scriptures out and putting them in your heart. And in a week, in a week, I saw a change in my behavior that I didn't work up. I hadn't done all the work. The work was in getting with God. The work was in letting his word, which has the power to change us, change my life. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, and I know we're familiar with this scripture, but it says, for the word of God is living, this is the ESV version, living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word has power. So as we read it today, embrace it that way. Say, God, is, let your word wash over me. Let your word change me. Let the things that are in it make me different. In those areas where I've struggled, that's my prayer for all of us. In those areas where we're like, God, I need to move. God, this needs to shift. Let the word of God do its work. That's God's intention for it. Amen? Hallelujah. Lord, I just ask that the word that shared would glorify you and that it would empower and encourage and enrich your body. I thank you for this privilege in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to start with Daniel chapter 1. And I actually want to just start by reading a little bit from Daniel chapter 1. For those who are um, not familiar, Daniel is a book in the, in the Old Testament. And a lot of times when people think of Daniel, they think about prophecy about the end times. And there are a lot of chapters in the end of Daniel that talk about the prophecy in the end times. Those first six chapters really go through the life of Daniel from the time that he was a youth, right? Daniel, he and some of his friends were taken into captivity. There was a battle. For how many people know where like present where Iraq is, present day Iraq? Babylon actually was in present day Iraq. These places are real. For those who are in school and studying, they might not tell you all this in school, but these places are real. The people are real. Babylon, you can find it. You can go look it up. Present day Iraq. Well, the the king had come and seized Jerusalem, which was the capital city of Judah, besieged the city, crowded it with armies, and he took some things from the city. He took some treasures. He took some leaders, but he also took some people. He took some kids who were kids of nobles, some of the royal family. He took them back to his area. And I'm going to read a little bit of that, and then we'll share and talk about it. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance, and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years. You guys are familiar with this. A lot of you been in school, three, four, five, six, seven years. They were brought there to be educated in another way of life, in an, to, around the culture of another place. They were not from there, but brought there to be educated there. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Misael, and Azariah, of the tribe of Judah, all from the same tribe, that tribe of worship. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel, he called Belshazzar. 
Hananiah, he called Shadrach. Misael, he called Meshach. And Azariah, he called Abednego. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. And I want to pause there. There's a lot in that passage that I just want to share a little bit about. Now, Daniel, as we just said, he came from Judah. We can sort of assume that he was trained in the ways of God. We can see it in his life. We're not reading that. We can see from the text that he was trained in the ways of God. He had been given some things, told some things, right? He had been told by his parents. He had been given a name. His name actually means God is my judge. He was given a name that had some meaning that was designed to center him. And some of us have been given names, not just our given name, but the things our parents spoke over us, know about us, said to us, the ways they've trained us, the things they've taught us about the Lord, the things we've watched them do. We have a history. We have some things that we're bringing. And sometimes you come into a new place in a good way and you're getting educated and you're getting new information and you're learning new things because God has purpose. He has intent. He has design. But what I want to encourage all of us to do, what comes out for me from the scripture is that even when you're in a new place and there are lots of new things to learn, that you need to remember who you are. You need to remember who you are and you need to remember whose you are. The first, one of the first things that they did to them was change their name. They brought them in, they got the chief eunuch, and he said, I'm going to give you new names. And even though they gave them new names, you'll see in later scriptures that when they referred to each other, they still referred to each other as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, because they knew, sorry, Hananiah, because they knew who they were. They had a connection with where they came from. They know who they are. They know whose they are. And that is very easy to forget in new environments. Sometimes when, when I went to college, I still remember my first couple weeks running into people who were like, what in the world do you believe? I remember being in the library and somebody asking me something about the canon. And at that point, I did not know. I had been in church all my life. <laughs> but I did not know that you know, we referred to the books of the Bible as the canon and what the reasons were around which books had gotten into the canon. I didn't know that history. So I went in believing, having had experiences with God, knowing, but having somebody ask me a question. And I was like, I don't, I don't really know. What have I been missing? And then they proceeded to berate me in the library about all the things that, you know, that I should know and didn't know. But I will tell you that having had some experiences with God some real experiences with God. That's why we need to like press into the Holy Spirit. If your kids, speaking about mine too, have not had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, we need to be praying for that, asking God for that. It will keep you where knowledge fails, where knowledge fails you, where you don't have the answer and experience with God will ground you so that you can remember who you are and whose you are, even if you take a different name, even if you get education, which is really, really important, we want you to remember who you are and whose you are. And when you know that, when you know that, then you can purpose certain things in your heart. So Daniel, because he knew, he was like, hey, wait a minute. I know who I am, and here's, here's, my, here's what I want. I'm not going to defile myself. He served through four to five kings, right? There's a sort of king in the middle that we don't... We, 
hear about in another book, but there were four kings mentioned in this book that he served under and was honored under all of them. 70 years. So this is a young man who's saying, I'm not going to defile myself. I'm not going to defile myself with a king's meat, with his wine. This is, these are things that are given to him. And sometimes it's really easy to be like, well, I'm in this place. I'm in this situation. I have this, this opportunity, right? I have this opportunity to learn, to be somewhere different, to have these things. There is a potential for compromise. And I'm telling you that you can be who God made you. You can know who you are and whose you are and not compromise, even in the midst of a place where you're like, this is opportunity and there's all these new things to learn. Hold on to who God made you. He went to the chief eunuch, the person who was the head, and he said, you know, I I really, I don't want to have this king's meat and king's drink. And the eunuch responded to him and said, I'm a little scared about that, you know, because I will get in trouble if you guys don't look as good as everybody else. Now, I've read that a lot of times, but this time when I read it, I saw something different that I hadn't seen before. And it was in Daniel. After Daniel went to him and he said that, I realized later in the verse that Daniel is like, I still have to honor God. What am I going to do? And this is where you see some of Daniel's wisdom. You know, often we intend to go up. Like, I went to this person, it didn't work, let me go up. If you read it carefully, and in some versions they even give a name, he didn't go back to the eunuch. In the next verse, he goes to the guy who the eunuch has placed over him and his companions. I just always thought, oh, he went back to the head guy, or maybe, you know, he gave in. No, the head guy's like nervous. God gave him wisdom. He went to the person underneath him who just does the rations for him and his group. He asked the chief of eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who assigned your food and your drink. For why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? Then, this is the part, Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. God gave them wisdom for how to stand and not compromise in a situation where it would have been very easy, honestly, It's very easy sometimes to let go of who God has made us, to compromise just a little bit. They purposed in their heart not to do that. They held on to the word of God. And those four youths, I'm now in verse 17, as for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. At the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king spoke to them. And among all of them, none were found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I want to pause again. The first thing I want you to remember is to remember who you are and whose you are. The second point I'll come back to a couple times, you need to get a crew. Daniel... Could have been like, I'm going to go alone. I'm going to figure out how to just have my pulse and my vegetables by myself. He went to the guy who was over all of them. He got a crew of like-minded people around him. Doesn't mean we don't go out. It doesn't mean we don't serve. It doesn't mean that we go in our workplace and hide at our cubicle or desk. But it means that you need a crew. This walk was not meant to be done alone. 
It is not, it's not that kind of walk. And I, I, I want to say I put my word on it, but if you look hard enough, you talk to God in your workplace, in your community, wherever it is you hang out at the center where you go, I bet there's a crew there. Victory comes in part when we come together. We've purposed in our heart what God wants, and we don't leave everybody else to the side. We get our crew. He got his crew. And so in the end, when you hear about what's happening to them, you hear about it happening to them all together, right? They know who they are. They know whose they are, and they got a crew. They got some people who think like them. There's a, there's a scripture that I am. I want to read from 1 Corinthians, just as a reminder. While I was reading this, this verse came to my heart, and it said, I read it. It said, 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, these are the old things that people used to say, but it is so true. And this is in the word of God, in the New Testament in Corinthians. Bad company corrupts good character. And if you read up, you'll find out that Paul is actually even talking about some believers who no longer believe in the resurrection, who are corrupting, like what the people who are supposed to be holding on to the true gospel believe. But the principle remains. You need a crew. You need a crew, and it can't be the crew that's not going where you're going. You're going to minister, you're going to serve, you're going to love, you're not going to isolate yourself, but you need a crew. So know who you are, know who you are. Get a crew. And then the third thing I want to say is embrace promotion. It's not an easy thing for a lot of us. Embrace promotion. I want to read the rest of what I started reading and then you'll hear it in there. It says... As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. At the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king spoke with them. And among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they stood before the king. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. That's five potential leaders later, right? Embrace promotion. Sometimes we have to know when it's our time, right? We don't always know. I, I'm guilty. Somebody sent me a text message because to be honest, this was the last thing I wanted to do today. Just honestly, I was nervous. I talked to my mom. My mom prayed for me. Thank God for women who pray. Thank God for mother-in-law who's like, I'm praying for you this morning. I'm, you know, I'm going to God on your behalf because I was nervous. I was like, I don't really want to do this. I like talking at work. I don't like this type of talking at church. But I got a message from my cousin and she said, Joy, it's your time. She said, it's your time. She said, it's your time. And I think we have to know that. We have to know when God is saying, like he said to Sister Brenda, this is your time. There's purpose, right? God wants to draw it out. The world needs us. The earth needs us. It's groaning for the sons and daughters of God to be manifested. The earth needs us. And sometimes we need somebody to say, it's your time. It makes me... When I was reading it, it made me also think of the New Testament where Jesus was at the wedding. You know, we hear that story a lot where his mother is like, we, got, we need wine. We need wine. He's like, you know, it's not really my time yet. <laughs> and she's like, do whatever he says. She was like, it's your time. 
it's your time. It's your time. A mother said, it's your time. And when that comes, sometimes it's hard, but we have to embrace the promotion. They took the roles that were given to them. God opened the door. He walked them into it. They were 10 times better than the others. And there are times we just have to say, you know what, God? This is your work. And I thank you for it. And I appreciate it. And I'm going to walk in it. All right? Embrace promotion. When it comes, when you've done the work, they've put in the work, you've done the work and promotion comes. And there's a moment where you embrace promotion and you thank God for what he's done. You give him all the praise. You give him all the glory. You glorify his name in public, right? And you embrace the promotion. Amen. The same God who kept you getting there will keep you as you move forward. The same God who got you there will take you forward. Embrace the promotion. So we're going to know who we are, whose we are. We're going to get a crew of like-minded individuals. And we're going to sow. I mean, when they were studying, they were sowing. They're doing what you are doing. You're putting in time. You're sowing. You're studying. And on the other side of that, there's reward. Those things come from the Lord. There's a couple scriptures about promotion that I want to just read in your hearing so you, you have them in your mind. Proverbs 18, 16. We've heard this one before. It says, a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. In that book of Daniel, and what we just read, you heard about Daniel also having this gift to interpret dreams and visions. And his gift made room for him. It brought him before great men. In Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7, it says, for promotion cometh neither from the east nor the west, nor from the south, nor from the, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth one down and setteth up another. I want to read it in one more version. I want to give a little caveat because I'm pretty sure that this version, um, the Passion Translation is not really available in Bible Gateway. I think some of the ways that they translate things don't work so well, but this particular verse sat very well with me, so I'm going to read it out loud because the way it um, says, it's the same, Psalms 75, 6 to 7, and this is something I'll encourage as you're beginning your studies, you're continuing your studies and you're studying the Word get a couple translations. Read them. Look for one that gives kind of the like, this is more the literal translation. Find one that tries to put it in our language and find one that tries to really help you understand what's underneath. But test them. Look at them. Read them. Everything's a translation, right? Nothing is not a translation. They're all translations. So talk to God, read them, get some insight, right? This one says, this I know. This is the same verse, Psalm 56, 75, 6 and 7. This I know. The favor that brings promotion and power doesn't come from anywhere on earth, for no one exalts a person but God, the true judge of all. He alone determines where favor rests. He anoints one for greatness and brings down another to his knees. This is God. Promotion comes from the Lord. So accept it. It comes from the Lord. Not the east, not the west, not the north, not the south. God does it. He decides where favor rests. Amen? So embrace it as a part of your purpose. Um, The fourth thing that I want us to think about is knowing your source. So we are knowing, remembering whose we are and who we are. We're getting a crew. When we've done the work and promotion comes, because it comes from the Lord, we're going to embrace that promotion. But we're also going to know our source. When you go back to Daniel in chapter 2, so I'm going to go to chapter 2 quickly so that I can read this little piece for you. Um, Just as a a little backdrop, Nebuchadnezzar, who's the king now, 
has had a dream that he can't interpret. He's struggling. This dream has made him afraid and concerned and disturbed. And he goes to all the people in his kingdom, all his magicians, all his sorcerers, all his mighty men, and he wants somebody to interpret the dream. And they cannot do it. They can't do it. And they want the king to tell them the dream. So that's what they're like, okay, this is how things usually go. You tell us a dream and we'll give you an interpretation. And he was like, I smell that rat a long way away. Mm-mm. You tell me the dream and the interpretation. That's what he wanted from them. He wanted to be sure. He was like, you're trying to, you know, make me give you time. He's, he's figuring out that they're just trying to get around some things. They don't know. They don't have an answer. And so he says, no, you have to go. You have to figure out what the dream is, and then you have to tell me. And they go to the king, and they basically tell him this can't be done. And I want to find the verse so I can read it to you. He says, if you do, this is the king, if you do not make the dream, this is chapter 2, verse 9, if you do not make the dream known to me, there is but one sentence for you. You have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the times change. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can show me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, there is not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand. For no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. The thing that the king asks is difficult, and no one can show it to the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh. You know what I hear? Challenge! <laughs> right? Right? This is a challenge. There's like there's no one on earth. What you're asking for can't be done. And I want to say this specifically to those of us who are in school, moving through school, there are challenges that are coming. There are challenges that we're facing now in the world that people are like, there's no answer for that. Nothing can be done. We cannot figure out what to do. If you, if you read anything about the water crisis and what's happening with the environment, you'll figure out that there are people that are putting all this money and stuff, but they're like, we don't know what to do. We may have passed the point of no return. If you listen, they'll start saying those things in a lot of areas, education, public education, especially in the city. What are we gonna do? We have so many issues, we're so behind. Challenge, challenge, challenge to those who have grown in God's house, who have been educated, who remember who they are, who have a crew, right? Who have been experiencing promotion, challenge, challenge. Here's what, here was what um, Daniel did. Daniel heard about this because they decided they were gonna kill all of the wise men, Daniel and his friends included. They were all gonna die. And when they came to find Daniel and his friends, Daniel went to the house and he made the matter known. This is um, verses 17 through 19 of chapter two. Then Daniel went to his house and he made the matter known to Hananiah, Misael, and Azariah, his companions. See, they're still together and they're calling each other by their given names <laughs> for the record. And he told them, to seek the mercy of God, of the God, from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. And then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Something nobody could do, couldn't be done, no king has ever asked for this before. We're at a point of no return. How are we going to fix these? 
Daniel went back to his crew. He said, we need to pray. We need to talk to God. That's thing four to remember. Remember your source. Remember your source is the God of heaven who knows all things, who can do anything, who does not fail, who put plans and purposes into order that will come to pass. That God is the God of heaven. They knew who their source was, their Abba, their father, and they went to him and they beseeched him and he answered. He answered. What a God. What a God who says, come to me and I will answer you. Show you great and mighty and marvelous, wonderful things that you don't even know. There's nothing hidden from his sight. He's not limited in his capacity. He's all powerful. He's almighty. He's El Shaddai. And they know who their source is. So they went to their source and their source had the answer. Amen. Their source had the answer. So when you get promotion, remember your source. Remember your source. Remember who you go to. Remember what kingdom you're from. The Barlow's talk about it all the time that we're ambassadors here, right? But we are, we're a part of another kingdom. And we have a source that is unlimited. I, I don't think we've tapped the potential of what God wants to do in and through you what he wants to do in the earth in and through your children and your family and your prayers and your work and the knowledge that he's given you about lots of different things. God wants to move. God wants to move, so know your source. Once he knew that, he went back, of course. He went and told the king. And the king, of course, praised the Lord. I mean, when you read this story, you realize that the kings sort of seem to go whichever way. Like, kill them all. No, no, Daniel's God is wonderful. I mean, they're sort of moving around a lot back and forth. But the people who know their God shall be strong. They'll be mighty. They'll do exploits. They'll be able to stand. So we want to be like Daniel, right? We want to know who we are, Daniel and his crew. We want to get a crew. We want to embrace promotion when it comes. And then we want to make sure we don't forget our source, that we keep returning to the source who is the one who is almighty and has all the answers. The last thing, two short last things. I think I'm okay on time. I hope so. <laughs> Be really quick. <laughs> when Daniel um, got the vision, it's not written in here. So I'm not saying that this is them. I'm saying that this is a challenge that sometimes happens in teams, and I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes you're with a group, and you're working hard with that group. They called you to come pray. You guys pray but the vision comes to Daniel, right? Daniel seems to get the biggest promotion, right? Because Daniel got a huge, another promotion. At the end of like every chapter, Daniel gets a promotion, <laughs> but Daniel gets another promotion. There, is, there can be a temptation to be like, why that person? We all worked, we all prayed, we were all in this. We were part of the crew and Daniel got the promotion. Daniel's now in the king's house, right? Daniel's doing all this cool stuff. I just want to encourage you. Not that you won't ever have those feelings, but put them under your feet. <laughs> put them under your feet, because here's the truth. God, the God you serve, one, loves you beyond what you can imagine. That's thing number one. He loves you beyond what you can imagine. His plans for you, not just for Daniel, not just for the people who graduated, are good. 
He has good plans for you. He has intentions for you. And whatever he's doing, if you're walking with him, it's for your good. Think about how you feel about your children, even your children who might be wayward. You love them. And what you're doing for them is for their good. God is not playing favorites in that way, right? He's working for the good of them that love him, who are called according to his purpose. So when those thoughts come to you, you know what? I'm not going to embrace those thoughts. I'm going to put those under my feet first because God loves me. And second, because everybody needs a team. Teams are important. Team members are important. It's not just the team leader that's important. It's not just the crew leader that's important. The team is important. There's no crew leader without a crew. There's no team leader without a team. Your role is important. Who you are is important. What you bring is important. What you are doing is important. We are important to God. He said that he knows the hairs on our head. And I went and looked up how many, and I cannot remember in this moment, but there's a lot. <laughs> and I encourage you to go Google and they'll tell you. They tell you how many on a redhead, how many on a person with brown hair on the average. There's a lot of hairs on our head. And God knows every single one of them. For each of us, not just the crew leader. He knows them all and he loves us all. And we need to remember that. It will it'll take away some of that irritation, some of that stuff that comes, some of that stuff that the adversary tries to bring up. It will make those things go away because we know that our God loves us and that he has a plan for each one of us. At the end of that chapter, as we close, one of the things that Daniel does, and this is a note to crew leaders, he gets a, a job in the palace, like he gets a promotion to stay in the palace, but it says that he goes to the king and he asks for promotions for his gang. <laughs> so his whole crew does get a promotion. Sometimes we do need to tell people, thank you. I love you. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for how you've contributed to this. I know you're my crew. I know we're working together in this. I know we're one. He did get positions for them. He went and requested them. So he got a promotion and so did they. All of them got a promotion. The last thing I want to share in my computer went off, so I'm gonna back on. The last thing that I want to share is that even when we don't see certain things, we don't see certain promotions, certain things don't come in the time that we anticipate that they will. I want us to remember the last thing. This is actually the, the last thing on, on the list of things that I was hoping we could remember. First was what was first? Somebody tell me. What was the first thing? Yeah, know who you are and whose you are. What was the second thing? You need to get a crew. What's the third thing? Embrace promotion. What's the fourth thing? Know your source. And number five, keep your eyes on the prize. <laughs> keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the prize. When promotion comes and we have more responsibilities and all kinds of things are going on, it's sometimes easy to forget why we were put there, what we were put there for, what the intention was, what the goal is. And so we want to constantly, as we're developing, as we're growing, as we're studying, as we've been given new opportunities, I cannot tell you how proud and happy, I mean proud parents, but happy to see Ashley Mackey on that screen. You know she's been given the role of chief resident. She's over all the other residents. She has worked very hard and studied very long and been very diligent. She's not just finishing her residency, she's the chief of all the new doctors. That's a really high honor. It's beautiful. And what we wanna do when those things come and the pressures of life come is keep our eyes on the prize. 
because the prize really isn't these temporal things. I know we get promotion and we have all these things happen and come, but the real prize is in glory, a weight of glory that can't even be measured. There's a treasure where, raw, where moths can't go and rust doesn't corrupt. There is a prize. There is a heavenly, heavenly prize. And I want to read a scripture that I think will encourage us about this. And it's, it's, um, it's in 1 Thessalonians 13 through 18. And it says, my brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. There is a prize. There is a heavenly, eternal prize of being with the Lord forever. I don't care what ends up happening down here. I don't care whether it looks good, looks bad, seems fair, seems unfair. There is an eternal prize coming. And you might not hear it enough, but Jesus is coming back. He is coming back for his church. There is an eternal, an eternal glory that we're going to be with him where he's going to wipe every tear. So when you're really feeling sad, when things don't look like they're working and you've tried all the other things, take your eye to the prize. Look up. Look up because your salvation draws nigh. Look up because the king is coming. Look up. Look up. Serve him. Use your gifts wisely. You know, sow your talents. But don't forget to look up. Keep your eyes on the real prize of pleasing the Father pleasing the Lord, and being able to spend eternity in glory with him. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.